Welcome to the Freedom Challenge Online with host and director of the Freedom Challenge, Tracy Doherty. Our mission is to do good by helping enslaved women and children, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. And on this episode, I am honored to share about a U.S. ministry based in Colorado. It's called Logos Wilderness Therapy. And all you Freedom Challenge sisters who have been around for a while, you are hooting and hollering because you love this ministry, this organization as well. Actually, last year at the Mount Hood Challenge, we had the opportunity to partner with them in getting their first summer of ministry off the launching pad. It was life-giving for us Freedom Sisters to interact and to learn from their ministry, always learning specifically from Chelsea, who taught us at Mount Hood, and then being able to financially support them in this new mission. We love and respect this organization and the ladies powering it very much. So let me tell you a little bit about Logos Wilderness Therapy. Their purpose is to see the fullness of freedom reimagined, restored, and reclaimed for survivors of sex trafficking. They provide survivors a safe house in the wilderness where both mental health and outdoor professionals journey with them into deeper healing and freedom. I am joined today by the clinical director of Logos Wilderness Therapy, Chelsea Van Essen. She is a licensed clinical social worker, and she's going to explain more about this effective and unique ministry. And so, Chelsea, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. And we've known each other for a few years now. You have been on a few of our Freedom Challenges, both in leading the wilderness portion of the challenges and also now as a ministry partner and actually teaching the women as well. Would you introduce yourself and explain a little bit about your background and what has been the most meaningful part of being connected to the Freedom Challenge through these years? Thank you so much, Tracy, for yeah, for the introduction and for inviting me here today. I'm really thankful for you and for Freedom Challenge and just this opportunity to connect with you today over this podcast. You asked a little bit about my background and I would say the important things with this in terms of connection with Logos and what I'm doing now is two things. One is like my love for the wilderness. So since I was little, I've always been just a lover of the outdoors and has been a part of my my experience and my journey. And so I've been doing some things with wilderness, even professionally, like guiding for the past nine years. Being in creation is such a part of my life. Um, and the other one is I feel like God has been so gentle and kind, but also just been really leading me with purpose for a lot of years. I knew I was going to work with human trafficking survivors since I was 18. And I feel like in that journey, God has just been continually to develop part of me that I've always been really curious. Like that has been something that since I was little, I was always that really curious kid and was never able to stop asking questions. And so through that, and then through this like passion for work with trauma survivors, I really kind of got me into this idea of neuroscience and how can we use what is happening in neuroscience and the body and the brain to bring about more healing. I really believe that God has created humans for wholeness and for 
fullness of life. And so with that, it has been this, this journey. So then that kind of led me through my undergrad and professionally and academically to have a background with pre-med and the body and the brain. And then also this idea of therapy and counseling. So I have been kind of around in terms of like, how do I how do I pursue bringing more healing to human trafficking survivors? So after I left my undergrad with more of the medical background, I went abroad and was doing some work abroad with trafficking survivors. And really was like, wow, I want to be as close to them and doing direct service work as, as possible. So that led me to my grad program and um, where I became an LCSW. I went to the University of Denver and then really just focused on trauma work. Um, so trauma work and the brain. And since then, that kind of led me to starting Logos. Tracy, you also asked my connection to Freedom Challenge. And that has just been such a gift and such a blessing. So I was connected originally with Freedom Challenge through Solid Rock Outdoor Ministry, SROM. So I was guiding for them and leading wilderness trips for them. So they do wilderness trips with adults and teenagers as well. So I was leading with them and the outdoor portion of Freedom Challenge trips. So I started doing that. And then we were able to do that with just Logos. And I am just so thankful. I think one of the, the most meaningful parts of being connected with you all is the individual relationships. The Freedom Challenge is an amazing organization that has so many powerful, inspiring, kind, compassionate, gentle, purposeful women. And it has been such a joy to be connected with you all. And I think one thing, too, that has just been so inspiring is how much you all have believed in us and believed in me and just that idea of like championing people towards life and towards the active goodness of God in the world. So I think there's been so many beautiful spaces of personal support from you all and with our organization and board like, hey, we believe in you and we believe this is powerful work and we're going to set the stage for that. And then just all these individual women, really personally inspiring, personally encouraging, as well as for Logos. And I, I really can't say enough just about how thankful and I have been to spend days with women from Freedom Challenge in the outdoor spaces and just over conversations and, and yeah. things like that. So thank you so much. Chelsea, I so appreciate that. And we do like organizationally and then individually, we are fans of what you're doing. You personally have taught me so much and our women. I'm so grateful for how you just shared what you know and done it in such a remarkable and powerful way. I was thinking to myself this morning when I was waking up to have this time with you, if I was, you know, caught, you have all these survivor shows now, you know, where they're out in the wilderness. I was like, if I was in the wilderness of Alaska, who would I pick to be with? And it was definitely, it was definitely you. So um, I'm so thankful for just who you are, the radiance of Christ in you, your compassion, your intelligence, your professionalism as well as your innovation to use all that God has put in you for the kingdom, for moving people forward into their healing. So, so grateful Mm. for you. I want you to tell us just a little bit more, speak into Logos Wilderness Therapy, more about the mission, more about your goals, and even how it was birthed. Just, you know, give us, give us a little more into that. Totally. So, Logos, I'm going to start with how we started, and I kind of touched on it, but I think what's been so powerful is these spaces of wilderness for me, and then also deep healing from complex trauma, and really the deepest wounds I can imagine that are from humans and towards humans, and I think what was so powerful about this is I've worked for multiple organizations that do work with human trafficking survivors, 
And there was nothing like this. We were combining a space in the wilderness. And I'll tell you later on, it's like how vital and important nature is for this. But there was not, not a space where that combined wilderness with trafficking survivors. And there's multiple reasons why that is. I think there's fear. Like there's been a lot of fear, like, oh, it's too, it's too dangerous or it's too unpredictable. We can't, we can't do this work out in the wilderness. And yet I have seen over and over and over again, God completely transform people's lives with the wilderness. And I think really wanted to fill that gap in that space. Like God, we want to do something different that can really bring about healing. And so in that, with my background in wilderness and then founders, so Jess and Carly also had a lot of background in wilderness. And then me just like working with all this neuroscience and trauma work, I was like, wow, I really want to do both. And so that's kind of how it birthed. And it's this idea we wanted to take the freedom of space that actually allows healing to happen. And I think another thing is a lot of the work that's being done for healing survivors is done in the context where they were hurt. So in city life and in urban environments. And what's so powerful about the wilderness is when, when you take them out of that space, like the wilderness is a really neutral environment. Like it is not out to get you. And I really, really think that God has made it a place where it is like an insulating space for healing to happen. When you feel safe in terms of neurologically and your body and your mind is actually when you can engage in healing. So I think a lot of the work that's been done, there's so many powerful things being done with survivors around the country and around the world. But I think this this component of actually helping us feel safe creates the space for healing. And I think another thing that Logos is trying to fill the gaps in, really wanting to heal the foundation. So we know this work, and if you're familiar with any like attachment work or development, we only can become a self when we are reflected by another. And we can only understand love through experiencing love from another or joy, even in terms of when we are babies and infants. But it's the same way. Like when we, what we need to heal the foundations of survivors in these deep wounds for them to actually feel fullness of life and then to create families and jobs and empowerment and skills and all these other things that a lot of these other organizations are doing. Where we feel like we're filling the gap is more like that deep foundational work of healing. So that's one of our goals and missions is just to create spaces in the wilderness to journey alongside survivors for that deep healing work. And then our goal in the future is is to create like a 90-day residential program in the wilderness that is more experiential work. It's been really cool just to see even having other clinical professionals in the field just be like, there's nothing like this. Like there actually isn't anything like this. And you all are on the foreground of this. And I think we're just taking a lot of the amazing work and collaborating with professionals and survivors and survivor leaders who are doing this work in other ways of wilderness and then also the clinical work of trauma healing and and all these other spaces and kind of combining them together. Unbelievable. Yes, you are. I'm your biggest fan all of that. You were a part of the audio book, The Three-Day Effect. And I listened to it on an airplane some months ago and really was compelled by the content. It it speaks about the healing power of being in nature, referencing soldiers who had PTSD and then human trafficking survivors, and then even a high-achieving business person from New York. I would love for you to share with us a little bit more about why nature is so important and in your therapy and in the healing of people in general. Yeah, totally. So what you're referring to is by the author Florence Williams, and she is an incredible writer. I definitely recommend her work. She actually was with me on a trip that was the precursor to Logos, where I took a group of survivors of trafficking into the wilderness for healing. 
And it was the first one. It was our first five-day trip. And she is a journalist, and she was on the trip with us studying this exact thing. So studying can wilderness and can nature be healing for a population such as human trafficking survivors. And so, yeah, so then really got connected with her. And then she wrote the book, The Nature Fix. And that was a precursor to the three-day effect. And then additionally did the, the audiobook, The Three-Day Effect. So I definitely recommend her work. She's really incredible. And it was really this powerful connection that actually birthed the ability for Logos to, to jump forward in the world. So one thing that they talk about in the book, but also why I'm so passionate about this work, is that the wilderness is, I mentioned earlier, is such an insulating healing ground. Like I really believe that God has created it to set us up for healing. And so even as we look at our, our visual sense and our eyes, nature has this beautiful aspect where it is the perfect thing for your optic nerve. So it loves to take in ideas of nature and visual aspects of nature. And it's called the fractal. And the fractal is something where when your eye sees it, and it's an obvious thing, it's in pine cones and leaves and a ridgeline of mountains or the coastline of, of the ocean. And what happens is it's this predictable pattern and it's also variable. So your brain actually feels safe in the predictability of it. And then enough interest and intrigue by the variability that it makes your brain both safe and open. And also same thing with audio, like the sounds of nature make your auditory nerve just so happy and like ready to engage and calm. So then if you look at, think about this in the ways it connects to your brain is it actually opens your brain up for more openness, more openness to healing, to connection, to relationships, to wholeness, as well as less ruminating. So your brain will actually process through more negative material, but not get stuck in it. And then also it opens up our attachment network in our brain too, so that we are more able to reflect with other people the things that, that heal us in relationship. This is literally just by the way that nature looks and the way it appeals to us, let alone that when we walk in the soil, it actually brings up different things of the neurochemicals that make us more happy. Like it has serotonin and dopamine in the soil that move us in that way. Or it helps our immune system. Even this, the chemical that comes off from trees increases our immune system and decreases our cortisol and our ability to maintain attention. Like there's so many incredible things that interact with our body and our brain to move us towards healing. It's almost the catalytic space for healing for us and Logos, we think about this. But when we can be there as the co-regulator in humanness, it's really incredible what happens. I've been with people for three days, I've been with people for 40 days or 60 days in the wilderness, and it is powerful and just truly transforms people. I think the last thing about wilderness that is so powerful is that it's really experiential. All those things that we talk about so abstractly, for example, in my office, if we're doing therapy or in the urban environment, we actually live out in the wilderness. So it's through tangible ways in the felt sense of that, that knowledge into living healing. That's really good information, and it really points back to Scripture as well. If you think about Jesus in his humanness, in his human experience, often went to the wilderness. I mean, for lots of mm -hmm. um, space and time. So I love how we even see glimpses of this intellectual property starting and originating right in Scripture. Jesus himself needed time in the wilderness. So that's interesting. And speaking of humanness, you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago, and I, I just really enjoyed it. You, you expressed some things to me that both intrigued me, but also uh, provoked me to continue on and some things that I have been walking through personally. 
But I shared with you about this question that I've been wrestling with God about over the last couple of years. And it started with this simple question that I felt like the Holy Spirit posed to me. And it was, why are you offended by your humanity? And it was a pause. I'm not. And this has been something that I have been connecting back this sense of my own humanity to some newly discovered childhood traumas that I've been walking through. And I'm really interested in hearing you speak a little more into that. I know it's something you have been thinking Mm -hmm. about. You told me that. And how does this understanding of what it means to be human bring more healing to our human experience? Yeah, I I love what you said. I, I oftentimes want to live out of my own experiences, right? I think there's when there's authenticity in that, there can be a lot of connection and power. And so I think it is something I have personally been thinking about as well. And this, this year, just a sense of like push so beyond my humanness, where I had those expectations where I couldn't be human. And I had to fix or save or always be more than I feel like I could be. And I was, I was literally teaching on burnout and rest. And as I'm teaching on, I was like, oh, I need, I know I need to go. I know I need to do this because I need to live into what I am teaching and what I believe. I was able to actually get away on a sabbatical. Part of my refreshment, part of my recovery and rest and that was God reteaching me about humanness. And just the beauty to actually live into that and the belief that it's good and that it's the best thing. I just love this idea that that God has made us for shalom, for wholeness, for relational wholeness, for body wholeness, for spiritual wholeness, all these things. That is the wholeness of who we're meant to be. And when, when we come to wholeness, we actually are still human, fully whole, fully healed, fully free and alive. I would still be human. Like I'm never meant to be more than that. And I think that's actually very intentional by our creator. And I just think about to like even the creation of the world and God separated things. He separated the light from the darkness and he separated the land from the sea and said, you will go no further. And in this place, I feel like God shows so much gentleness and trustworthiness in how he separates things. And he creates this creator creature distinction. And he says that even in the fullness of you, you will not be creator you will have the divine image of me, you'll mirror me, but you will not become me. And that is so protective. And so I was thinking about that for my life. And I was like, wow, like, if I reflect the divine image, part of that is my ability to know when is enough for me to live into when is enough stripping down, when is enough creating, when is enough going, when is enough healing, when is enough whatever. And I was like, so challenged by that. Where do I live into the bounds of enough, whether that's capacity or rest or the sense of time? where I am meant to be in the present. And when I live too far into the past, or when I take on other people's past narratives, that actually is not the best for me. Or when I live only into the future, it's like that is not the best. And so God has really made us humans to live in the present and to to be aware and alive and open to what is actively happening now. And then I think about dealing with trauma survivors and with stars of human trafficking. And so much of their experience has been dehumanization. The very aspect of exploitation and and taking is this idea of consuming or taking away. So either I'm going to consume you or I'm going to make you nothing. And that is the that's the process of suffering, exploitation, or violence. And I think about when we are trying to rebring back humanness to these survivors, how incongruent is it if I am trying to rebring back humanness and remind them of their wholeness, and then I still say to them, 
you need to be more than human. Or I still say to them, you're actually not good here. Like you, there's not enough or whatever. And how much that would misalign with the messages that I want to be preaching of the good news. And it would actually be reinforcing this idea that you're not enough. For my own self, as a as someone who wants to journey alongside those who are healing, I need to know that I am enough. And then I am reminding them of their humanness and that it is good and beautiful and right. And that we're actually never meant to be not human. And so God, when he moves us to fullness, it actually is more into that. And I just think that's been such a humbling journey. God can live into Godness and I can live into humanness. And it is actually the most protective, safe, restful, abundant life that I can imagine. Wow. There's a whole lot of goodness there. A couple things I heard you say that I think are worth repeating is that there's a tendency in us to either be superhumans, at least try, mm-hmm. or dehumanize. And yeah. that's consuming or taking away. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's something to think about. And even mm-hmm. the fact, you know, just pulling in the, you know, incarnation of Jesus, the fact that he yeah. limited himself in humanness to live the human experience. He went through the whole gestation birth process. He went through all of the things he went through, betrayal and hunger and sleep and fear and wanting to not continue there right before the cross. So it really brings all of that alive. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing just this little, you know, snippet of what God's doing in you. Yeah. And one thing I just wanted to think about that I wanted to add, as you mentioned, the incarnation of Jesus, shame is such a barrier to wholeness. And such a barrier to living the wholeness. And I think about even the, the sense of shame. It's that something's wrong with me or I'm bad or it's my fault. It goes down to these, these big narratives that is actually against this idea that humanness is good and right. And I think with, with Jesus, he lives into body. He lives into body. He lives into time and space and all those bounds that God has set up for humanness and said that it was good. Wow. Really, truly, we could do an entire podcast and we might have to on this whole issue. It is it is so true to the human experience, this this mm-hmm. sense of shame in our humanness and there there's a lot to it. So thank you for opening your heart to teach us and mm-hmm. share about this. I really would love for you to share some stories from Logos Wilderness and this the therapy and the support and the healing of survivors. I know you need to honor and respect the privacy of these women. So I, I invite you to share about that in the way that you can. Yeah, we actually recently just did a panel last week and it's on our Facebook page, which I will send a link for y'all to listen to. But that is actually with one of our survivors from our trip and, and her sharing stories about her experience from her own voice and her own mouth. And so that is one thing that if you all would like to hear more from her, she says some very powerful things about her experience on our trip, as well as another therapist in terms of them wanting to connect with us and why they want to join Logos for healing work. And from my experience and observing what it was like for survivors, a few things stick out to me. There was one night where we were preparing for dinner and there was a huge storm that came in. We're in the Rocky Mountains and per usual with the Rockies. And we were having dinner and it started getting windier and rainier and all these things. And we literally like slowly saw our women trickle in for dinner. And one of them said, like, I thought it was called off. Like, I thought that dinner was called off. I thought all of it was called off because the storm came. And she was so amazed and surprised that we were still going to have dinner. And what ended up happening was a really powerful experience where we had dinner, we laughed, we had the most connection that we had. Really, just that night we were under this tarp and it was cold and it was rainy. 
and we were laughing together. And I think it sounds like a small thing, but what that did is allowed me to see them experience that. Like even when things go wrong, a storm comes or there's pain or unpredictability, like you will still be taken care of. You will still have food and warmth and connection and togetherness, and you are not alone in this. That, again, experiential, like when we lived into that storm with goodness and connection, there was like such healing in that. So that was like one thing is just like so profound. And then another one that sticks out to me is we were doing a um, therapy group, just stretching or being in our body a little bit more mindfully. And we just, I just had them just hold onto their feet and think about their feet and think about this gratitude that they have feet and that their feet has saved them in many ways and allowed them to run away from places or be safe again or let them stand strong and so we were just kind of having gratitude towards our feet one of the women just started crying and she was like wow I've I've never thought about that I've wanted to avoid it and just be disconnected from it because of how it's been a conduit of pain and really not recognizing wow like I'm so grateful she's like my feet have saved me she's like literally I have had to run away from so many people and bare feet and high heels and all these things and and my feet have saved me and she's like, it is such a new experience to to find gratitude for my feet instead of hatred of my body. And then late, the same woman later at the end of our trip, she was just saying, she's like, wow, like I don't trust people and I don't trust people who aren't survivors. And and you all have really restored my faith in humanity. It was such a powerful comment. And I was like, what does that mean? Like that's a big statement. And I think what was so powerful for me in that hearing her say that was until we experience that with another and, and another self and whether that's that being mirrored of safety or love or trust we actually can't we can't have that for ourselves like even from when we're little so for her to say that then she can experience that again was just so healing that wow there's there's one more degree of change where she can experience more safety and healing and trust in the world and in god and in herself that actually will move her more on the wholeness this is really deep and meaningful and important work. And it's so connected to the heart of God. I love the just immersion stories, just thinking about this woman feeling held in this storm, like literally, you're Mm -hmm. creating new stories and, and parables in front of them, they're, they're fully immersed in them. So I so value what you do. Tell us a little bit more about how we, the listeners, can pray and support Logos Wilderness Therapy and what's coming up in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we have a lot coming up currently. We are just about to start our trips for the summer. So this summer we have three trips that are happening. A few of them were unfortunately canceled because of COVID, but we still are thankful that we get to do a few of them. So we have around 21 survivors coming on these trips this summer. Our trips are longer this year. We have some that are shorter, some that are longer. And just we're really excited to bring more people into this experience and more people into this healing journey. So we really are excited about that and really ask for your prayer and support. Having this going from last year, we had five survivors, and this year we have 21. It is just a big jump. So yeah, we would love prayer and support in that way and also Another thing that's kind of off topic of exactly what we're doing this summer, we are doing a leadership cohort. So this is something where we take a lot of these things with neuroscience and healing, and we really see how they apply to all people in every walk of life. And how do we actually go towards our own emotional and mental health with some of these tools? And so we're starting two of those in the fall. We have one starting the end of September and then the beginning of October. 
And they're going to, it's just going to be a 10 week course that's online to really teach everyone about their own brains and how do they enter into more wholeness for themselves relationally or in leaderships or ministry spheres. And so those are a few things that are happening for Logos. We do just love your prayer, your support, and just even connections. Like if there's anyone that you all know that is interested in this work or has expertise in this field, we are really, as we are a new nonprofit, would love connections. So connections relationally or organizationally, and even with survivors, if there's any survivors that are wanting some of this healing work, as well as like monthly partners financially. We, as a nonprofit, depend and need and love your support financially as well. And if whether that's a monthly partner or like a gift, that will really help these trips go forward and have more of them. That is something that we really appreciate. So one one of the things that happened even just a few weeks ago, talking about support and those that hear the need and can help fill it, is that you had a need for some airfare for the ladies that were coming on the trip this summer, and those were filled. So I I want to encourage all that are listening, if you look in the show notes, there'll be a link to their website, connection to the story she talked about, and information about the cohorts. And Chelsea, I'd just like to take some time right now, if we can, and I, I want to ask everyone, just let's just agree in prayer for Logos Wilderness Therapy and the team. So God, I thank you for this organization. I thank you for the heart of the women behind it. We are so grateful, the Freedom Challenge Sisterhood, to be a part of it from its early beginnings and to see how it's flourishing and even being resilient through COVID, finding a way through, growing in the midst of a pandemic. We're so grateful for the 21 women who will be joining this trip for this summer. We ask that it would be life-changing for them. It would move them forward in their journey of, of faith and healing. And for those who just need absolute transformation, body, soul, and spirit. We believe that you're there witnessing and participating with and partnering with this team. We pray for the logistics. We pray for the team, the mentors, the therapist, all those who are involved in leading this. And we're asking that your covering would be there, your presence, and it would be even more than they even thought you could do in this time. We also pray for these cohorts, these ability, 10-week opportunities to learn more about the brain and nature and healing and trauma. Thank you for Chelsea and her willingness to make this available to women. So we ask that they would be fully attended and fully funded, that there would be no lack financially for these women. Bless them. I pray that they leave knowing that the Freedom Challenge is supporting them, praying for them, and backing them. In Jesus' name, amen. Chelsea, thank you so much for being with us here today. And thank you, listeners, for joining us again. And until next time, let's do good, do more, and do it together. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge Online, brought to you by the Freedom Challenge, a ministry of Operation Mobilization USA. For more information about what we do and how you can partner with us, check out our website, thefreedomchallenge.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at the FCUSA.